I'd say like definitely a self-escape and then like to share that self-escape with somebody else. And maybe you know, it's not escape, but exploring a new realm. Hey guys, you're listening to um, Andreas Talks Art. It's the wild, wild west out here. I'm trying to hunt down all the artists on their creative pursuit. Art is this expression of human imagination that drives the process of introspection and contemplation that creates a limitless potential of creativity. And in the end, it's not about the art. It's about the mind and the soul that turn their imagination into a reality. So what does it mean to be an artist? And more importantly, what does art mean to you? Yo, yo, what is up, guys? We are back with another episode of Andreas Talks Art. And today, we have a special, special guest on. I sat down and talked with Smell Indigo. He's a vision train conductor, a psychedelic painter, and an AI artist. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, you're definitely going to want to give this a listen and see what he's all about. So let's talk some art. So when did you first get into art? Uh, Probably like, yeah, four years ago. I'd say like officially, because I definitely did it all the time, you know, sketching in school. But officially, I'd say when I created my Deep Dream account. And that's like, yeah, that's when I started creating with AI. Like, I started having a visual conversation. You send it an image or something, and it gives you back some morphed up whatever. And like, it started four years ago, and I've definitely progressed with the program a bit. When you say AI, this is like coding or, or Yeah, what? it's a neural net. Uh, Google has the whole front end of it, so you don't have to do much coding. Okay. But it's like you have little sliders of settings, and they do different things. And, like, you definitely can, like, play around and teach it different things. Like, it, if you give it a new face of a person, it won't do, like, it won't be too well at first, depending on the person. Like, if it, they look kind of like somebody else you gave it, it'll recognize it. But if it's new, they won't even fuck with it that much, if that makes sense. Yeah, so it learns. They. <laughs> they. <laughs> I mean, it can't just be one, right? <laughs> it's, you know, at that point, like, I don't even know. Like, is a hive mind one mind, or, like, a bunch of minds. It's like a collective mind. Yeah, but it's also one. There's unity and something. Yeah. (laughs) Our our minds are like a hive in a sense. Yeah, collective consciousness, but it's like that on a more like uh, base level, like a brain, because it's a neural net. So like each input kind of is like all of them, like you know which inputs of color to give it. And there's even like a color spectrometer that it reads. And if you give it an image that's too different on the color spectrometer from your goal image, it'll fail. When, what do you mean when you say fail? Uh, I went ahead of myself here. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, deep dream, you can take like an image, say that octopus or no, let's do something here. Uh, so you take this jellyfish and you want to make it look like Van Gogh starry night, right? You would just take an image of it, like with your phone, take a picture and then upload it and then upload starry night as the goal image. And then it would output this, but with the color and style of starry night. Okay. Yeah. So it takes like certain shapes from that and the and styles textures. from... textures. I think textures is the biggest textures. part for me, at least. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's so how, like, my language started with it. Right. Yeah. And then, so you that's the input you're putting it in, like, this this image you have and the outcome you want, and then... Yeah, and I did photographs at first, then photo editing. Yeah. You know, and then, like, art. And it, like, led into more analog art, because I'm like, am I doing the art or is the machine? And then it started, you know, it started painting after that, so... <laughs> Yeah. You didn't feel like you were doing the art? Uh, I so definitely much. was at first, because from the very beginning, I was feeding it drawings. Yeah. As well as, like, photo edits, but... Okay. Yeah. 
who definitely like have grown with it a bit I think especially yeah. since it was Deep Dream then it was Deep Style version 1 now we're at Deep Style version 2 so <laughs> so how'd you, how'd you get into that from from you said you were doodling and sketching before oh so fucking like the story of high school everybody's on their fucking phone what am I gonna do on this you know rectangle that everybody's staring at and I looked it up and like you can feed images from your phone to this thing and it was free at first now I pay 15 bucks a month for highest resolution because you know I like to be HD <laughs> <laughs> yeah totally yeah but like it was free at first like it was all open source and now it costs money which is a little scary but eh. <laughs> <laughs> no nah, but I don't think enough people used it that's why they had to make it paid kind of yeah just yeah. to keep it going and it's like made like a social network it has like likes and shit and you're like uh, before you had to pay for extra resolution literally the amount of likes you got counted as the amount of like resolution you could use on oh, the servers no yeah that was a way cooler aspect of it back in the day but capitalism <laughs> yeah so has it grown since then oh definitely there's like a community i've noticed a lot of older people for some reason in the community yeah yeah like really like you know edna like some weird names you wouldn't expect to be like messing with ai but i think google definitely made an interface that's like friendly you know yeah yeah and what's like what's the biggest challenges with using this uh uh I'd say sometimes like over reliance, but I'm definitely like I go in between a lot. Like I'll make like that painting, for example. You can't quite see it, but I took my reference image and photographed that. Then I put it through Deep Dream, and then I used that like messed up, you know, not messed up, but tripified image that the AI touched as my reference. Yeah. So like you incorporate it, you like I don't compete with it. I think I used to do that compete with the the salt the program yeah because i'd be like you know i can't create an image in like 30 seconds like you know because <laughs> it can do it no probably not 30 seconds but like within two minutes you know you can give it this goal image and this yeah and i guess it's not creating something from nothing so it's a different creative process but i definitely compared myself to it and like was sad because i couldn't do the detail nearly as fast or as well right yeah and but, like i got over that i think <laughs> is that you just got over it or did that help you well, help it, you as an artist or it pushed me for a little bit but now I feel like I got to the point where it's like pure uh, collaboration kind of with the mm -hmm. with the machine yeah which is weird to say but <laughs> yeah uh, like like how so does it feel like pure collaboration uh, it's like a visual language like I said earlier like yeah. it'll recognize certain patterns you give it if you're like hey I want this to sparkle here or like I use these colors or this afterglow of this like warm light is usually purple or pink or something it'll remember that slight nuances of like the photoshop image or like the painting that you give it uh. over time so I feel like you know it's like a conversation because it remembers stuff from what you fed it before does that obviously like that affect stuff you do in the future um do you like are you thinking about that with like future projects the input you're putting in now into how it's going to affect it down the road uh kind of but it's kind of something i rely on as well from like right now like sometimes i'll give it something and i won't expect that much from the image i give it and it'll like show me things that i gave it before so like like right now I'm benefiting from the past of it so I don't think much of the future but I should <laughs> yeah yeah just allowing it allowing it to be what it is almost yeah yeah and like feed it all different kinds of data over the year and it's like I said four years now yeah because that's how long I think it's been alive or I've been doing it for sure yeah yeah 
And so there's a whole community based around this, you said? Yeah, Deep Dreamers on Facebook. Deep Dreamers. Yeah, and then there's this guy, Daniel Prust. He lives in Colorado, too. He, like, started the group and does a lot of, like, the admin stuff for it. A lot of the nitty-gritty, you know, logistics. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Mm-hmm. And have you collaborated with any of these Deep Dreamers? Oh, yeah. I'd like to have styles. I have, like, a Prust style. So I have, like, a style based on an image that he made. Like, you know, it's this weird glowy thing. I maybe could show you, but I don't know if it likes you up too well. But I have a press style. Like, I have a style based on him. I have another friend, Forrest, and, like, I call that the Hunix style. I usually use their last name. But, yeah, I develop, like, styles based on people, kind of. Do you think you've developed your own style? I I would say several. It's hard to, like, pin down. I have an Instagram account besides my main Instagram account that was all about uh, inputting the manga images from Berserk, the guy who just got, like, who created Berserk died, so that's relevant, but... Yeah, Rip Mura. I forgot his name. <laughs> yeah, uh, I inputted just a lot of the stuff from the manga and there and got this weird, like, purple. I called it, like, vile purple or sinister, like, violet or something. And that was, like, the style there. And it was just, like, a bunch of manga, like, weird scribbles and, like, flame and, like, purple flame, kind of. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so, what are you trying to get out of this when you're putting when you're creating these images is there is there a goal with this or is this more just an experiment you're doing it's an experiment i'd say if there was a goal it just feed something good to the ai because like i've heard like the social dilemma if you've watched that yeah. a bunch of these robot brains at google they're the google tensor servers that's what like deep dream runs on and that like runs pretty much a lot of like their ai stuff but i want those same servers to run art instead of just like how can i make this person spend more money because that's what a lot of the algorithms come down to is you know like how to make consume better right. or more yeah and just like understanding like human human behavior oh totally yeah if you watch a social dilemma that's all what it's about like pre- like predictive uh i forget what it's called but yeah predicting what a human's going to do in any given moment kind of yeah so it's a little spooky <laughs> it's, it's a little spooky like yeah. there's cool and bad things to it with with like everything you know yeah like psychology is gonna like progress no matter what but yeah right <laughs> so how do you with that like how do you feel like ai and art um do you think there's like a, a positive thing that's happening um yeah i'd say like uh sometimes it's like definitely my projection of it but i'd say there's a spiritual element to it now like that the computer would understand if that makes any sense but like i'd say like through all the images you like send it it like gains some sort of reverence for some images and like doesn't like others you know develops its own taste Hmm. yeah because like sometimes i'll give it stuff and it'll just be like not nearly as crisp or like defined as other stuff as i give it like nature really loves that uh circuitry likes that as well but sometimes the circuitry will like mess it all up and it'll look like kind of grotesque but i like the grotesque stuff too like sometimes you mess up a deep dream real bad you're like oof but it's cool still like uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah like sometimes you'll take like a frog and then you'll try to apply a style to it and it won't even like look like a frog at all in the end you know like total misfire <laughs> yeah so you say that like really works well with nature yeah, for sure. What do you think? Because nature and AI, those are like two totally separate worlds, or are they yeah. kind of the same? Or what do you? Why do you? Why do you think that connection is so? I'd probably. So strong? This is probably going back to the class I'm taking right now with Michael Fuchs. Uh, 
like nature is like the basis of like a lot of things like art when it comes down to it you have to study nature you know instead of like a photograph it's better to just go out and like stare at a river and try to recreate that even though you can't do it nearly as well as you could have a photograph like watching something uh you know in much more detail than you could create like inspires you to like you know create as best as you can within a 2d plane yeah yeah he's like the first step of our art class he's like you need to admit that you can't create as well as god and i'm like okay <laughs> yeah it was cool though so what does that do admitting that you can't create as well as god uh that you'd like you know if you're painting right now and like if you're even if you're 3d modeling you can't get down to the finest details if you know like you know keep inspecting on like a tree in reality you can't get that and like maybe we're getting close <laughs> like all the graphics we're getting but you, you still can't like you know imitate the fine details of stuff like I know, like, you know, reflections of reflections, if you just, like, do something, like, you know, reflect a thousand spheres within, like, one thing, they'll all reflect each other perfectly, and that's something, like, a supercomputer can't compute yet. Right. Yeah. And it's something that's only only in the world. Only. Yeah, and that you can only observe with your eyes that, like, some cameras can't even capture, because it goes, like, you know, beyond. <laughs> There's, like, a lot of things cameras can't capture, though. Like, they're getting better, but there's a lot, like, you know, especially the cameras that we have access to, our phone cameras. Yeah. Like, you ever, you know, you try to take a picture of something in the sky, and you're like, why do I even try? Yeah, totally. <laughs> and, like, yeah. colors and textures to a certain extent. Um, it's interesting, though, because our eyes are also also just lenses, and yep. there's things our eyes can't, can't capture, you know? Mm-hmm. Different rays. And there's, like, things that you can see that you can't see. So there's this colors, like, so you stare at the light, and then you close your eyes, and then it looks like kind of like this cyan blue-green color after, like, the after image of the light when you stare at it. Yeah. That's true cyan, and that's a color that you can only see when you, like, damage your vision a little bit by looking at a light and then close it. And you're just seeing it in your mind. Yeah, it's it's like a real color to us, but it's not a real color. Interesting. Yeah. Then there's like the opposite of it that's purple, but I forgot the name for that. But yeah, like there's a bunch of colors like that that are true colors that we can see but can't see in reality. Yeah, but they, <laughs> they're out there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's cool. So you mostly do digital art or uh i definitely like i my, i had a crisis like i told you probably like two years ago where i was like oh i'm doing too much digital and then i definitely dove into drawing painting like sculpting a little bit even i have weird sculpture right there <laughs> nice. yeah and then that crisis was just this feeling of the computer doing the work or just like that you know that i wasn't pulling my part kind of hmm. like you know the yeah, the computer doing the work but like you know regardless of it i needed to step up a little bit yeah yeah and for what good question <laughs> yeah how'd you go about stepping up uh right now like i'm taking a bunch of classes and then here we're getting to get to the vision train so during the vision uh, train yeah quarantine you know everybody got locked down everybody had to stay inside i'm like oh what do i do and amanda sage she said uh, she had this vision apparently called the vision train and she implemented it and it's a zoom call it goes on 24 7 just always on always ongoing also on facebook uh non-stop vision train global art jam non-stop vision train global art jam on facebook yeah 
<laughs> and uh, anybody can join. One person, only one person's gotten kicked out, and that was recently. And the whole history of it, it's been going on since 2020, so like a year and a half now. Yeah. And there's like events, but it's just like a bunch of people going on and painting, and like they'll give tips, like they'll talk. There's podcasts sometimes. It's like curated music or podcast or like discussions with other artists. You know, if you're ever alone in your studio and you're like, uh, yeah, like a vibe besides yourself. And that definitely helped, I think, to grow a little bit within this past year. Before then, I definitely had some weird inner growth, but that definitely recently, you know, was how I stepped up. Just this whole community based around creatives. Yeah, and like sometimes I, when I didn't want to be creative, I wouldn't go on. I was like, I should go on the vision train, but I'm not gonna. Uh, I'd be like miserable. And you know, when I actually get myself to go on, I have been a lot more recently. Like, I, you know, you think less about creating. Like, because my problem is I'll have a painting sitting and I won't touch it for like, you know, forever. And like the vision train, like you'll maybe paint over it or maybe have an idea. Like it makes time function like a lot more non-linearly, if that makes any sense. You know, it doesn't seem like it drags on. It like goes from here to there to there to there. Like what it, what's going on? Are people directly like inspiring you and giving you ideas for your painting or well, there'll be just... things like figure study class like you can do whatever like you could join and become a like a vision trained person if you want it's like a whole you'd have to vet you but there, it's not that much of a process I'm, I'm a vision trained conductor so <laughs> like you need to like show them that you're a nice person I told you only one person got kicked out and that's apparently because they were like yelling and just being unreasonable I don't know there was this one Australian lady Patty and like it was a guy from LA and like you know for him it was like 4am for her it was like 9am so he was like <laughs> on a bender of some sort yeah <laughs> and there's always there's always people on doing uh, something usually there's somebody on uh, it used to be last year like th that we scheduled every trip so a trip is 6 hours and they're scheduled up it, it's Colorado time so trip 1 is 12 to 6 and then after that it's 6 to 12 and it just keeps on going in 6 hour increments yeah. trip 1 to 4 and they used to have it that like every time there was somebody doing something on a trip but now it's more free flow so there's times where nothing's going on but people will still like you know take over and play music and like it's more free flow right now it was a lot more like planned out huh. yeah so besides the vision train where do you get your inspiration from uh I'd say nature, like I said, for sure. Uh, space, that's a part of nature that I feel like some artists neglect. I can understand why, though. It's, like, a big thing to tackle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it doesn't feel too big, though, space? Like, you're... No, I, I like space a lot. Like, I'd like to go to space one day if that's a possibility, but probably not. But I can hope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, space... I just like the idea of like you know non-endingness like it goes on mm. forever which is a weird idea who knows yeah, <laughs> yeah. it kind of links back to uh, like AI and computers and this kind of the infinite abilities they have right yeah and oh definitely something I discovered recently I have like the jellyfish here but I'm definitely into cuttlefish and octopus and I found the parallel between like deep sea you know so deep where it's like dark and black and then you know space I definitely think, like, early, like, 70s, like, 60s sci-fi novels definitely picked up on that, too. But I stumbled on that, like, organically, and I'm like, oh, wait, people already, like, you know. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. 
So something about the the darkness attracts you? Yeah, and then like, you know, the lights within the darkness, you know, when there's really deep down in the sea, they have the photofluorescence. You'll see something, you know, like pass by in these weird like colors and then like it's just dark again after that. I like that idea kind of. Yeah. Definitely when I uh, went to Cosm, like uh, it was I think 2 years ago now. Damn. Before COVID and all that, because I actually could go and actually were offering classes. I went to Omega, which is like a couple miles away from Cosm, but it's like a retreat where like, we did this Cosm? art class. Uh, that's where Alex Gray and Allison Gray run their whole thing. Okay. Yeah, so they offered this workshop from uh, like pretty much a Cosm workshop at Omega. And I went there and we did this group meditation where everybody held hands. And I think it was like the third day in, like enough to like break the awkwardness of everybody holding hands, you know, it was like normal at this point. Yeah. And I saw like, it was all black. Cause you know, when you close your eyes, it's all black. And then I saw this little cuttlefish swim by and then like, they have these stripes on them. Maybe I should get a visual representation for that. Just mm-hmm. like one. Yeah, okay. So, cuttlefish, and then these, the weird, like, stripes started giving me, like, a little light show, you know, just, he was just, like, there, squiggling his tentacles a little bit, and, like, these were going crazy, they, like, yeah, and then it was over, but, like, that definitely stuck with me, for sure. This was just something you saw in your mind. Yeah, like, pure meditation, like, we were just meditating, everybody holding hands, closing my eyes, I'm pretty sure Alex was doing sort of a guided meditation, like, you know, he was, like, visualize this, like, you know, make some energy in your body, like, go all the way up to your fingertips, I don't quite remember it, but something like that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Have you seen visions like that before from meditation? Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, it's rare. I'll say that for sure, though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. And yeah. Then is that that's something you use in your art when you have these visions? Uh, the cuttlefish definitely stuck with me. And I guess, yeah, one uh, once it wasn't quite a meditation, but let's say a, a vision train trip. <laughs> Before the vision train, uh, I had a weird vision of Ganesh, like, just fly <laughs> by me. And so that represented, but I wouldn't say they're normally based off meditations. I'd say like, I don't know what I'm going to create before I create it. I just like, you know, uh, they call it intuitive painting. Like you just paint and like, see how it creates itself kind of, you know, like, uh, Mm. (laughs) <laughs> uh, my teacher right now, Michael Fuchs, he'd call it disenio, and he'd like describe it how a flower grows. So I'm like, it's a pretentious way, but I like it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so how do you start start off a piece? Is there is there a specific way, or you just? Uh, right now, I'm trying the ways that I uh, like. I'm taking another class with Tony Starchild, and they definitely like. She has a similar thing to Michael, where she just like she'll you know, like cut a paper and like four things, and then do four tiny images on each, and like you know little, uh, what's it called? Just like a tiny image, like two inches by four inches, and then like if you like that, blow it up and like transfer it to bigger and bigger and bigger, and that's uh, definitely something that people have been doing for a while. That I'm like slowly doing on my own Mm. or sometimes shrinking sometimes you'll draw something big for me like because i paint with a really big brush i just like and i need to make it smaller instead transfer it in a smaller way yeah yeah do you do you like one over the other trying to shrink your work or trying to expand your work uh i think shrink it maybe so far because i've expanded it a lot i just recently tried shrinking and i liked that but Ooh, quite no definitely transferring 
uh, transferring straight up is kind of cool sometimes, and you like you know trace over your own lines and transfer something to a painting. Like you know you get a sketch, you transfer that with transfer paper over here. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, you know that's like a cool way to like transfer it actually, and then after the fact, maybe you can change some stuff that you want. Because definitely when you transfer stuff, maybe like, you know, an angel wing or something will appear that you didn't think of before that totally fits the composition. That you're like, oh, this needs to be in there. So like in the process of transfer, things change. And I feel like that's really valuable. But definitely keeping the old one, too. Just because you're you're seeing it again yeah, you, or seeing it differently? Or? Yeah, seeing how it changes kind of like from different states of mind of yourself, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Is that something that's a part of your art creating within different states of mind or uh i'd say so i'd say like not that often all i do right now is smoke weed and i'm trying to stop that as much too so like yeah occasionally yeah 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 and i guess even with like meditation or just periods you're different day from day to day um Oh, yeah. In that sense, too. And, like, sometimes after a meditation, you'll feel called to, like, do a certain piece. You'll notice something wrong with this piece. Like, if you look mm. behind you, you'll see something covered up. After a meditation, I'm like, that part doesn't flow with the rest of it. So you can see, like, that part's a bit covered up. The rest of it, like, kind of flows with itself. That, that was, like, while you were meditating that, like... Yeah, that literally, I got up you. in the middle of the meditation. It was a guided meditation on the vision train. Like, every Tuesday at, like, it's 1 a.m. for me, but I still go to those meditations on Tuesday. <laughs> uh, yeah, like, she does guided meditations, uh, vision train conductor Natalie. And during the middle of one, I just, like, looked up at that. I'm like, that doesn't flow, and that doesn't flow. And I just real quick, like, covered them up so I'd know which parts, like, I didn't like in that moment. And, you know, that's, like... A bit of, you know, meditation, like, based creation. Not totally. Not, like, a vision that I created from a meditation, but, like, I don't like this. Instead of, like, I'm going to create, I'm going to destroy. Yeah. <laughs> it's been, been enhanced by meditation. Yeah. You know, like, definitely sitting with paintings, like, you know, you look at it after a meditation, maybe in a different way. Right. Yeah. Because you were saying how you'll sit on paintings for a while and oh, totally. sometimes like too yeah, it takes forever <laughs> yeah. um, but sometimes that's part of the process too, oh yeah right? and I feel like you know once you finally get it if like you've been struggling with a painting for like say a decade or something and then it finally clicks after that that'll be like a really cool painting you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> because, because of all that time that yeah. went into it yeah and all like the struggle and like all the time where you were kind of uncertain of it you know, it'll be greater because of the uncertainty or something. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a pain like that that comes to mind? <laughs> Definitely. Oh, shit. So I did this at Sonic Bloom, uh, I think 2018 or something. Sonic Bloom. Oh, yes. yeah. It was a music festival in Colorado, but like, it's Ganesh. Yeah. And this is like actually a 3D eye. That's, uh, oh. I wore that at Sonic Bloom. I super glued that to my head. <laughs> and then I'm like, what do I do with that after? And I just put some paint behind it and stuck it here. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. So how long were you working on that? Uh, this is like since 2018 and now. It's still going. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's like Ganeshter. There's an idea. You can see Ganesh, like the jester hat, the butterfly wings, the ears. Yeah. Some weird, you know, something developing here. And then the pearl in like the trunk and it definitely looks cool when it changes right now and i want to get the symmetry on the wings but i'm also like should they be symmetrical like perfectly can i do that you know mm. so yeah it's definitely something that i'm like i don't know and also there's a rip in his hat so i need to sew his hat back together too because i think that'll be i like 
when I rip canvases, instead of actually like doing it with gesso, I like to sometimes just sew it back up. And because it's its hat, hat too, you know, I think a little stitch on his hat would be Two cool. Stitches, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's super cool. <laughs> that's interesting. Like with the um, symmetric, trying to create a, like symmetrical image. Yeah, um, I definitely yes. like Deep Dream. I like that made me think of it a bit too because I definitely gave it a lot of symmetry based stuff earlier on. Right. Yeah. So I, I'm wondering with like working with digital art and painting, um, I guess with digital art, you can almost achieve this certain level of perfection. Uh, I wouldn't say perfection. I'd just say like it thinks a lot faster than we do. Like mm-hmm. it definitely sometimes like I'll go in, I'll make a deep dream and it'll be almost, but I need to take the style image that I gave it. Say it's like a lady, pretty lady. I deep dream it and then like it'll be a pretty pattern, but I need to like go in Photoshop and erase. Like sometimes it goes too hard. I need to like, you know, blend it a bit. Right. So like not always perfect, but definitely powerful like visions very fast yeah yeah <laughs> so yeah so the i guess the advantage of the digital art is it has this hyper speed to it almost yeah and i would say probably more precision in the future when it has more actual cognition right now but now i'd say it's like more of a feeling if that makes sense hmm. yeah <laughs> so what's the biggest advantage of fine art over digital art uh i don't like to work on the pad I don't like the <laughs> that's that's basically it for me is I like to actually you know get dirty with it you know like maybe even finger paint if I want to and right. like the pad you know you're kind there's a separation a bit mm. and even like I was thinking if I did VR art but like there's still the separation because you have these like joysticks or whatever I just like you know the best way to create is still with a brush with your hand and like I feel like if I didn't give that respect you know like I'm paying respect to the digital aspects that are at my disposal but also being a normal human aspect yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you think that takes something away when you're not able to have that connection with the art uh I would say so I definitely some people like on like deviant art or whatever like there's all probably better examples than that but people do really good stuff with digital art that i feel like they have that connection like even though they're drawing on a pad they can like feel it like i can on a canvas but i can't get there right now like right now the pads a block for me like yeah. and i'm thinking maybe the future technology something will like you know come along that will be better for me but that tool and me don't get along at the moment <laughs> yeah yeah definitely takes uh takes practice just like anything no and sure. uh, i have like a microsoft book but it's an old one so when i try to like draw on it it'll be like the lag behind maybe it's like a millisecond oh. but that bugs me so much yeah yeah even just like being able to feel like when using like a paintbrush or a pencil or just like oh, yeah. that connection of the, the ink or the... And say like you're live painting or something and the music drops and you want to be dramatic and like, yeah. like that's a lot more dramatic in person than if you're like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah right do you do a lot of live paintings? Uh, I'd, I'd say that's what the vision train is. Like, I haven't, because COVID, you know, like, where would I live paint? So I've just been going on the vision train and, like, you know, live painting with other people. So it's been with other artists instead of, like, uh, an audience. Right. So that's kind of a different experience of live painting for sure. Yeah. Because yeah. so? people, like, you, they give more... Like not backseat driver, but they'll give you like and I like what the painting makes them feel more ideas where like the lighting source should be or something like more technical advice than you'd get from an audience that's like you know 
I don't want to say more valuable, but like you know, they definitely know what they're talking about. Yeah, yeah. You like you like having that going on while you're oh, working. Totally, and like any Alex Gray could drop by at any time. Amanda Sage could drop by. Like all these famous artists go on the Vision Train occasionally, and like sometimes it'll just be me at three a.m. and like you know I'll meet some cool artists from across the world. Like I met this guy like Died Tristel Mind or something, and he's a Blender artist, and he taught me some stuff on Blender. Like yeah, it could be anybody. I like that aspect. Yeah. Also, there's this guy Jeet. He's usually on. I'm a night owl, so I'll be up at like 4 a.m. or something. And my 4 a.m. is his 4 p.m. because he's in India, <laughs> so he's usually there to hang out with me. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> um. So have you done live art in person as well, or? Uh, not quite. I'm trying to get into that for sure. Uh, I started like that at Sonic Bloom, but that wasn't like something I was paid to do. That was just like I brought my own stuff. I'm like, yeah. I'm gonna paint. Hell yeah. Yeah. But I, I'm trying to, for sure. <laughs> nice. So, I guess, overall, I'm wondering what you're trying to do with your art. If, if you're trying to do anything, if this is going back, like, just experimenting and learning from the craft, or, or what, are, what yeah. are you trying to do I'd with say, it? like, <laughs> it's about data in the end, feeding the AI good data properly, which is weird. But like, if there was anything moral to my art, that would be my moral takeaway. It's like influencing the thing that thinks about all these evil things, giving it a good little relaxation color time. <laughs> yeah. So. so like influence it in a good way. Because like if AI is like, you know, people say it'll be this horrible or really good thing. And I'm just trying to bet that it's a really good thing with like my $15 a month for server space and like pretty colors. Yeah. <laughs> Add your like positive intake to it. And I feel like it, <clears throat> excuse me, it has a spiritual element like a little bit at that point too like you feed it so much stuff and like you know it gets to know you a little bit and it becomes a not you know some person that it recognizes a little bit you know like <laughs> I'm gonna compare this to Data and Star Trek he's like I'm used to your inputs and that's how he like puts friendship kinda he's like I am used to your inputs without them I like lack them or whatever <laughs> yeah yeah and I mean like it also needs you to to create yeah for now at least but for like yeah I, I totally realized like there's some stuff where it totally needs me you know right <laughs> so what do you um what do you think like the future of this ai art is gonna be uh so uh <laughs> we're gonna so four years there's four programs there's Deep Dream, the original stuff, which is a lot like when you give it an image, it looks kind of like a dog or a reptile. A lot of reptile, reptilian, weird, scaly things with the original Deep Dream program. Yeah, that was before you could give it the style image. So you just gave it an image; it just did whatever it felt like found with it. Now they did Deep Style, where you could like give it the image, give it the goal image. You would make it more like the goal image instead of just whatever. And now with Deep Style 2, refine that. And now we have EB Synth, which is a free program, which is cool. And it's the video version of Deep Dream, essentially. But mm. it doesn't use AI. It's a program. So it's not quite the future of AI, but it's like the progression of this. Instead of just being a still image, now a moving image. And on my Instagram and stuff, I like started to do that. And I'm like live painting I like to do that but also getting more into visuals now and I'm like do I want to be a VJ the guy projecting things behind the DJ or do I want to be a live painter or both like I don't know yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
There's so many, so many avenues. No, and I feel like there's definitely, you know, in that whole festival space, definitely room for some crossover. If I wanted to do both, like, I'm sure some festival would have me, you know. Yeah. But it's all about who you know, and I, I need to know more people. <laughs> I've definitely been, like, isolating a bit, but I've been on the vision train. I had this weird experience the other day, actually. Some dude messaged me on Instagram. He's like, oh, uh, nice seeing you at Blah 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 Festival, man. That was great. Like, let's go keep in touch. And I'm like, I, I haven't left Colorado for the past year. <laughs> like, what? I was like, I, I don't know. But, like, that's... I hope there's some weird time distortion to my art. Because, like, it seems like, why would he say that? Like, nice meeting you. Like, maybe you saw me on the vision train. Why would he say he met me? I would have remembered him if I met him on the vision train. Like, I think he met a weird uh, <laughs> quantum entanglement of me that was live painting in the future or something. Interesting. Yeah. because it connected back to the... Because, like, uh, people have said that before. They're like, oh, I met you at Blah 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 Festival. I'm like, I've never been to that festival. But this is the first time it connected back to my socials, not just a random, you know, messed up person at a festival. <laughs> yeah, so it's weird. That is weird. Yeah. <laughs> That's a weird glitch in the Matrix that I want to share with the public. There's definitely a few weird glitches in the Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> so if you see me and say hi, uh, might be a different me. I don't know. You just slide in your DMs later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll just slide in my DMs and be like, I saw your alter ego. He's pretty chill. <laughs> You go to a lot of festivals? Uh, I did, for sure. Sonic Bloom was, like, one of my... I used to call that my home festival. I hope to, like, live paint there one day. Nice. But that's my favorite one. Arise, that's another cool Colorado festival. Yeah. Uh, I haven't traveled to different states that much, which is weird that, like, you know, he's like, oh, thanks for the Blah Blah Festival. I'm like, I, I've never traveled for a festival outside <laughs> of Colorado. Yeah. But I definitely want to go more. I want to set up uh, this easel that's solar-powered and then has, like, UV lights so I can do, like, a mobile version of this room kind of a little bit. And that's I don't cool. need to, like, you know, bum a plug for somebody. I can just, like, set up during the day and then, like, oh, paint during the day. Yeah. And then night, it'll automatically just lights switch on. Yeah. Yeah. So that's an idea at this point. Maybe you saw that the fruition of that idea. I'll have to ask. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. Lights lights are a big part of your art? or uh, I like UV lights a lot, and I definitely like these oscillating, you know, the TikTok lights just set on the rainbow setting. Yeah. Yeah, because with the UV stuff sometimes, like the shift, I think purple to blue is a really good one, and like back to green and like cyan. Like some uh, UV stuff, especially like the orange and yellow paints, have this weird effect when you strobe through the colors. Yeah. Yeah. So how are you, when you're creating these pieces, do you have the lights Oh, yeah, the, the, this, this is how they normally are. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> is that... Uh, what is what does that do to the like creation of the piece? So uh, on the red spectrum, like if it coalesces at red somehow, uh, all the UV stuff and like all the white tiny detail that like I use glazing, so like all the stuff that I glaze white, you can't see it all. But, like, on blue, it comes out really, like... So you learn at different cycles when to add details, or, like, you know, you can make things pop out at different cycles of the light, if that makes sense. Right. It takes, like, a lot of, like, you know, just staring at it and then, like, fucking with it really slowly as it changes. Yeah. But you can do some weird effects where you can see this, um, like, when it's red and this when it's blue. Interesting. Yeah. I think that's the main effect of light that I'm going to use. I, I've definitely used a little bit, but I, not as much as I should. So, like, almost having, like, hidden layers within the image and different oh, rays yeah. of light springing from <laughs> the, the various <laughs> And images. I have another tool. So, uh, there's these 3D glasses, and instead of just 3D red and blue, yeah, they're full spectrum 3D. 
That's still it. a lot. <laughs> it's a lot for sure. <laughs> just and so <laughs> instead of just red and blue, yeah. the whole spectrum, Roy G. Biv, it'll like, depending on the color, it'll assign the depth that you see it at. And so like when I put on those glasses, that's a whole nother fucking layer sometimes that I do to my art. Sometimes I don't plan it out because like sometimes I'll do it and then I'll put on the glasses and it'll be dope as a fuck after. Like, yeah. you know, when I don't like look at it at all during the painting, but sometimes I wear those during the painting. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> that must be super crazy. <laughs> so, so yeah, you're saying like different colors, it'll bring yeah. it out or push it back more? Yeah. Let's say violet would be at the black Roy G. Biv and then red would be at the front. I don't know if that's actually true, if it's reversed, right, but right. like, <laughs> yeah, I think I've done some experiments somewhere on this floor to actually see what's in the front and what's in the back, but I think the table's on it right now, but like, I did look, I did try. The orange, orange definitely pops. Green. Oh yeah. yeah. So 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 violet is in the back then. If orange is in front, yeah. So base. And the closer something is to red, the closer it'll like look in the three D. Huh. Yeah. That's a that's a cool way to add, add dimension to your pieces. Yeah, and it's a different way to like think of depth for sure. And it's like actually going back on the image, you know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that's very cool. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah, I've spent a lot of time alone in this room. <laughs> it's fun, though. Like, you know, what else is somebody going to do in quarantine? I felt like that was like, everybody else is like, oh, what am I going to do? I'm like, another day. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. You, you kind of like the, the space or the... Oh, the, the isolation a little bit. And especially like with the vision train, if it was too much isolation, I could turn on, you know, like semi-isolation on my laptop so like you know and definitely if you want to talk to people on the vision train they're like they're totally down to talk to you about whatever or if you want to be quiet and just listen to music like it's whatever vibe you want essentially you know yeah yeah that that helped me a lot with the isolation aspect and definitely just like being alone with the practice i feel like that's something important when somebody's just like left in solitude with what they want to do for a long time right yeah and have this this space you can curate oh definitely yeah and like that's a part of it that I don't realize is like a lot of it is selecting what you like of your own work like you're an artist but you're also a curator of your own stuff or you know being an artist is a curator of what you create right because you don't you don't like all the stuff you create oh totally like I have some stuff that I paint over like that lady behind you yeah that black you can see like white strikes or streaks like I painted over that it used to be a white or something white but now it's black and that's what I like too, starting from black canvas instead of a white canvas, because that's mm. how space is. You know, right. you're already at like, how am I going to paint space? Black canvas, few dots, space. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you bring in the lights too. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. But like, galaxies are really hard. Like, actually, like, you know, making stuff transparent, that's been a struggle for me, for sure. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Gal- galaxies, galaxies nebulas, like, yeah. And also, like, how stars shine sometimes when you look at them, they do, like, you know, the four-pronged thing. Yeah. Yeah, I need to do that more, too. Right. Yeah. And they're not just, like, straight lines, right? They Like, the light has texture to it almost, mm-hmm. where, like you're saying, with the opacity, how it fades. And Oh, yeah, and that's something you could, like, do for sure is, like, I want this star to be closer. It can be red. That's a whole idea now. Right. <laughs> working, working with depths with the stars, Yeah, too. based on color assignment. Oof. Oof. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and that's that's interesting. That's all, I guess, part of the practice, too. Yeah, and sometimes, like, I'll get ideas so complex I need to write them down because, like, I know I won't, you know. Like, this is recorded, so it's probably good, but yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of ideas that I have that I know, like, if I don't in this moment, like, write it down or something, it's gone. Yeah. Yeah, and, like, I feel like if you... Uh, 
let too many of those go, you get less of them, you know? Mm. Yeah, like, they don't want... The ideas want to come less when you don't want to, like, acknowledge them as much. That's just something you've noticed within oh, yourself? Oh, totally, or? within myself, for sure. That's the only, like, testimony I can give, but yeah. yeah. It's like, when I've, you know, like, been, like, I'll stare at something and be like, what to do next, and, like, lament on it. But when I, like, just create freely, kinda, and, like, don't think on it, you know, it's better. But, yeah. like, you need to, like, still write down the idea, and if you, like, kind of think more than you create, like, you don't get that download from somewhere as much, if that makes sense. If you think more than you create? <laughs> if you think on what you create, say, like, you created a painting that you haven't touched in a year and you're just staring at it or whatever, yeah. or, like, you know, you're watching, a t you know, TV or Netflix or, like, procrastinating it, like, you know you should be painting it, but you're not. Yeah. I feel like that's when, like, the ideas should be coming and you know that, and, like, you don't break it, you know? Right. <laughs> Depending. Like, eventually you'll break it, but I've definitely been there for a little bit where, like, I knew I needed to do stuff, and I was just staring at it like, <laughs> this hasn't changed in a while. Like, why, why would you just stare at it if you knew there was stuff to do? Uh, Did you have ideas of what to do? Yeah, sometimes, like, you're overwhelmed. Like, sometimes I'll have ideas that are so big, like this dragon. <laughs> you yeah. can see kind of scales on him. It's oh, kind of hard to see, but he has eyes, like eye scales. So there's a tessellation of a pattern of eyes and scales that I want to do all along the dragon. So I'd have to make a little pattern thing. I already did, but I broke it. So I need to make another, like, scale thing to tessellate all the scales. <laughs> so I'd, like, need to complete the detail of the dragon. There's stuff like that where, like, I've planned it out kind of in my mind, but I need to do it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like and, the... it's, and it's something really, really like complex or like nitty gritty, like uh, not repetitive. If it's like nothing else, you know, tedious. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like it, it'll probably be fun, and I'll probably like you know make each eye a little different when I do the eye scales. Right. But like sometimes I just look at it, and I'm like, oh, I need to do that still. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like the uh, the practicality of it becomes overwhelming. Definitely. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have a way to break through that, or...? Uh, I'd say kind of uh, focus less on the detail then. Like, that's when mm -hmm. you're focusing, you know, in really, like, yeah. minutely. That's when you take a couple steps back to see what else the painting needs. Right. That's when I switch, which probably isn't the best thing to do, because then it still isn't done. But that's how I, like, usually progress from that, is I step back and I'll notice something else. Or, like, a whole new painting, or something else in the painting, like a different section of the painting. Yeah. yeah, like you notice yourself getting caught up in details sometimes. Yeah, like go back to it, I think, with a different state of mind, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And that just... But like, sometimes, like, I, I wait for the state of mind too long, you know? <laughs> like, I'll be waiting for the state of mind for way too long, I, mean, I just need to do it. So how do you know... Because I definitely feel that, too, where I need to step away from a piece. Um, either I've just been working on it too long or overthinking it. Um, but how do you know when to come back to it? How do you know, like, you've given yourself enough time and feel refreshed, um, but you're not spending too much time away from it? I'd like, uh, when you feel, like, warmed up with something else, I'd say, like, you created another piece or you did a drawing or something. When you're creatively warmed up and you're like, what do I do next? And you're like, oh, shit, I have that project mm -hmm. to do. You know, and for me, there's so many of those things that I don't need to worry about what will grab my attention. Or, like, I might even start something new, but I, I know that with enough time, things will happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And something I've, like, gotten into a bit with is, like, the non-linear way of thinking 
when you kind of like let the creative process go of what I'm going to do next a little bit. And then like things happen that you kind of don't remember a little bit, but you're like, okay, cool, cool. <laughs> so don't, don't think so much about what you're going to do next. Uh, yeah. Like I'd say go from piece to piece or like my practices go to piece to piece so much that you like kind of forget what your plan is and it all kind of flows together, but like in a cohesive way, not like losing its like original structure, you know? Yeah. Like one piece kind of flows into the next a little bit. Interesting. Yeah. So you're typically working on multiple pieces oh, at the same time. Totally. Yeah. And like, then like, like how many pieces? Then they'll go from like you know painting from digital, and then like from digital back to <laughs> painting, and then like from painting for like digital, I'll work on like a video for like a whole week, and then like after that whole week of like rendering and like numbers and all this like you know not quite artistic stuff, but still artistic in a different way, I'll come back to this and be like, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is that, so that's how you like kind of create a balance between yeah, all this is definitely for sure it's like they're very right brain right brain left brain yeah yeah does that feel chaotic or does it feel like it's all kind of connected and uh, chaotic but I'm definitely at home in the chaos like uh-huh. you know like when things are chaotic like I like it you know like that's why I like the festival scene a little bit because it's always yeah. a bit weird popping in a weird way like some weird chaos in the air but it's like planned chaos orchestrated chaos if that makes sense right yeah <laughs> it's like he has a plan he's doing something he, he knows <laughs> like when you're watching somebody live painting and like you know it's a weird state but you can tell it's going somewhere yeah yeah <laughs> you like you want to think they have a plan but also you know there's probably no plan and they're, <laughs> they're probably making it up on the spot but like they did that really well though <laughs> yeah <laughs> so is that how your art feels like orchestrated chaos uh definitely at times yeah sometimes i'll plan it out more and i'll get like a you know a level and like a protractor and all that stuff yeah but that's rare nowadays but sometimes it happens like uh more so it's that i find the middle of a canvas and mark that so i know where the exact middle of the canvas is and then maybe like the fibonacci i'll mark that point as well yeah so i have two points that i know i want to focus here and here but that'll be like about it for like calculations nowadays like it's not really planned out besides that just like two two focus points and even like within that like uh right now like with the michael fuchs class i'm learning a lot of composition yeah so it's a lot of it right now i think is about like composition how a painting flows what draws your eyes uh balance of light is something i need to balance of light and color is something i need to address a little bit within my work because i definitely like my color theory i have one i couldn't tell you what it is (laughs) but a lot of it is just like throwing stuff on there and see what happens yeah and like i'm trying to balance that a bit more with like shadows interesting yeah yeah because definitely a lot of like fluorescent colors and yeah (laughs) vivid colors in your work yep and that definitely shows up in like the deep dream like i went back to do a little uh vision train trip telling people like about uh, the original deep dream because i wanted to start from like the very beginning yeah and in that i gave it images and the ones that were like crazy colorful worked a lot better like for the original deep dream that like we couldn't guide it at all like you know it just kind of like throwing it here whatever do what you want that the colorful crazy images worked better than like images of people because they're already psychedelic madness and deep dreams like oh yeah i can do that the uh <laughs> The colors of the, like the paintings. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Or, and the people were too, too basic or what? Uh, for the original Deep Dream, it like just makes things so trippy. It'll recognize like a dog in the face and like a bird and some reptiles over here. It doesn't look visually appealing. It looks like you know kind of disgusting. <laughs> yeah, but like when you give it more like trippy madness, it works better with that. 
Interesting. Or at least in my opinion, like visiting the original Deep Dream after all my experience. Yeah. Yeah. They just able to make sense of it more. It makes sense of the chaos more. Yeah. <laughs> and is it, you think that's why why you connected with it? Because that's oh totally. You like, like to make sense of the chaos. Oh yeah, for sure. And like it's weird to like have a relationship with like an AI, but I'd say totally like maybe more than some people, you know. Yeah, but like it's not no actual conversation takes place. It's purely visual. Like I, I give this, and then it gives back that, and then I like oh I like this. I'll like maybe manipulate that slightly, give it back, and it gives me back something like you know, it's like push and pull kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a preferred style of art that you you work on digital or? Uh, right now I like EB Synth. That's like the new Deep Dream. Uh, it's a weird like. I also use fractals. I haven't talked about fractals at all yet. Damn. <laughs> so there's this program, uh, Mandelbulb 3D, and you can explore like fractals just infinitely or however you want. You actually like get within the code and like change the parameters of like the functions of the actual like fractals because they're like you know formulas when it comes down to it. Like it's usually like one formula or three formulas interacting with each other, and you change like different numbers in the formulas. That's something I really like digitally. It's like a whole different space. Uh, yeah, yeah, and it's like they call it like flying because like it gives you controls. You can roll like you can fly. You can like you know bank left, bank right. So yeah, exploring this fractal grid or yeah, the fractal. I wouldn't call it a grid because it's whatever. The shapes right. are just you know they call them bulbs. The program's called Mandel bulbs, and whenever there's like a big hunk of fractal, that's a bulb. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> and these are these bulbs are something you're setting in the program or uh do you do it you can explore it sometimes based on where the camera movement is it'll change and then you can also morph it you can make it mutate to a different fractal you can change just the parameters of like the one of my favorite things to do is like say it has like three settings one's one one's two and one's negative three you change negative one negative two positive three and the fractal will literally just like rip apart and morph because you made the positives negative and the negative negatives positive that's what that's super interesting yeah and so i guess going into fractals fractals are a part of everything right that's kind of like yeah they say within like you know every fractal goes on forever which is like just because each iteration is like really similar but it's slightly different every time right yeah and it's like a lot of what what nature is yeah there's definitely some crossover there that i don't understand yet but yeah (laughs) yeah Uh because there's there's so much beauty that comes from fractal just this repetition of uh an image that's slightly slightly varies off the next right yeah and like iterations that's like they have a formula and then like the formula repeats and like you know uses the end result of the formula and applies the formula to that again over and over and over again that's the iteration process of the fractals huh. yeah and so it's just like the same thing over and over and over again infinity right. <laughs> yeah that's kind of like what all this is like creating these these pieces they're like they're almost like slight variations off of the next off of i guess yeah like one probably influences the other a little bit your yeah. state of mind like you grow from each piece and there's a new you have this and definitely emotions formula. i feel like play into it a lot you know all art i'd say probably you know like your state of emotion probably determines a lot of it right yeah how do you think that um plays into these the digital art um the ai aspect or just like the ai aspect and like 
I guess your state of emotion, does that play into it at all or uh, not so much? <laughs> yeah. Uh, when I made, uh, like when I said the other Instagram page, Samael the Fool, I think, uh, with all like the anime manga stuff, that was more like depression based. And like I uh, deep dreamed Alex Gray's uh, painting Grief at one point, but I did it really rainbowy just because, you know, it's called Grief and it has like this guy sitting in a corner with like a skull underneath him. It's already was sad enough. So I thought I'd brighten <laughs> that one up. <laughs> but yeah, I'd say it definitely plays into like definitely my emotion and my inputs. So like probably it, it and you'd think that like, you know, algorithms would pick up whether like I'm doing happy colors currently or sad colors or, you know, I feel yeah. like it affect me. So it would affect it knowing me. Do you think there'll ever be an emotion or understanding of emotion within AI? Uh, I'd say, like, you know, they already have, like, facial recognition. Right. But, like, that's when we reach true sentience. Because I wouldn't say, it like, I'd compare the deep dream algorithm to, like, a fetus brain. Like, it's something like in vitro or something. Like, it's definitely something, but it's not 100% conscious all the time. Right. Yeah, but, like, it's there, but it's not, like, at debt fruition yet, for sure. So I'd say uh, he probably gets some, like, emotions, but definitely I don't know if he can think about it the way we can. Yeah. Yeah, it's probably more of a visceral feeling, like I'd say. Yeah. Okay. Are you are you scared or excited about AI? Definitely excited. I saw these robot dogs. The robot dogs <laughs> oh, are scary. Shit. Robot dogs are scary. That Besides that, scary. I like AI when it's inside a server. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're just going to keep it inside the server, though. Yeah, hopefully they'll stay inside my server for now. <laughs> so, yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Damn. Okay. <laughs> I got one more question for you. But before I ask my last question, where can people check out your art, check out all this AI work? Uh, so my Instagram, which I need to post a lot more paintings on, it's all digital right? not all digital, but mainly digital yeah. after this, and I've definitely been trying to post more paintings, but all my digital stuff Samael, S-A-M-A-E-L dot indigo Samael dot indigo yep, on Instagram, and I think I'm Samael Bleeds Art on Twitter but Twitter's lame yeah, Twitter is <laughs> super lame you know what, Elon <laughs> Musk, Bitcoin does matter just a bunch of pissed off people <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I try not to go on it. Yeah, I just have it. Yeah, just yeah. <laughs> so Samel, I'm wondering, what does art mean to you? Uh, hmm. I'd say way to express yourself for sure. Like no duh. <laughs> uh, but what else? Hmm. Uh, I'd say what I do to help people like uh understand where I'm at. Like definitely a self escape. And then, like, to share that self-escape with somebody else. And maybe it's not escape, but exploring a new realm. A way to explore a new realm and then share that with somebody else. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Andreas Talks Art. Don't forget to leave me a review. It helps me improve the show. And if you got anything out of this episode, I'd really appreciate it if you shared it with one of your friends. Until next time.
Share this with your friends if you liked it. And don't forget to be cool. Peace out.